Hey guys, welcome back to the Cruciform Life Podcast. This is a discussion-based podcast where three friends get together and talk about what a surrendered life to Jesus looks like in our everyday life, the ups and downs of doing life together. If you are to be a man of God, how you view the world and everything in it will be colored by the truth of His Word and His Son. Welcome back to the next episode of the Cruciform Life. Uh, we have a special guest with us uh, this week, uh, Pastor Jim. He's a campus pastor at our church that we're all a part of. And uh, we're going to be talking about the topic of dealing with burnout. And um, I think Pastor Jim's a, a great person to talk about this. Um, you know, Pastor Jim, for, for all of us uh, sitting around this table, Pat and Ben and myself, has been a, a huge voice for all of us. Yeah. Uh, he, he's been such a critical role in my own life, um, talking about even burnout and, and the thought of quitting at times. And, um, you know, I'm just so privileged. We're all privileged to have you here, Jim, with us. And it, it's truly an honor to, to have you here. For sure. Um, so we want to give you the floor, give you as much time as you want. Um, but yeah, let's dive in, uh, on the topic of, of dealing with burnout. So we'll give you the floor. Well, thanks, thanks for having me here, guys. And, yeah, uh, we love it. It'll be a, a, a fun time here. Um, you know, just kind of thinking about, you know, this topic of burnout. You know, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, Paul wrote, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So mm-hmm. run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable so I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. To, uh, test after preaching to others, I myself, or lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And, uh, you know, the topic of burnout, I mean, you do think about this whole idea of persevering to the end or steadfastness. Yeah. Mm. And, um, you know, there's there's actually a lot of things that can kind of pop up in our lives, good things that we can burn out on. There's, you know, obviously bad things. Yeah. (laughs) You know, maybe expose that a little bit quicker. Right. But, um, you know, I think lots of times burnout, uh, if we're not careful of our day to day, all of a sudden the day to day becomes accumulation of things. And then we find ourselves in a place that we didn't expect to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's, that's kind of like an athlete, you know, an athlete, you know, if they're not training well, if they're not staying in shape, eating, eating the right foods, you know, they're expending a lot of energy yeah. and all of a sudden it's just like, before they know it, they're out of the game Yeah. and you sit on the sidelines wondering, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, a lot of various reasons, you know, but, yeah. uh, you know, so you know, and having been an athlete myself, those are those are kind of the scripture passages. You know, when Paul references that stuff, that that starts to kind of spark spark my yeah, interest. Definitely, yeah. you know, definitely. I remember back in the day, Tiger had like if you went on Tiger's website, he had it was like look at Tiger's day. Yeah, and it was the amount of times he hit balls at the range, the amount of times he went for runs, but it also had like everything he ate. Yeah, you know, and it's to me like what you need to keep you going is kind of crazy. I mean, listen, I eat for fun. I don't, I don't eat because I'm an athlete, but you know, and 
I think of, you know, the Snickers commercials, like how much more yeah. for them. But I think, you know, one of the things that I felt in my own life and, you know, going through things and seeing things and count, getting counsel from you is that, you know, what, what feeds me now mm-hmm. isn't what used to feed me. Yeah. Right. And what feeds me now is truly the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you're going to get into that. So I'm not yeah. going to steal the show from you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it's just, as you were talking, I'm thinking like, man, Tiger's diet was insane. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I know pro athletes have crazy diets. Yeah. I mean, I think they also have the advantage of the personal chefs, which yeah. I think we, we would all love to have. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be eating a whole lot better if that was the case. That's right. Healthier foods, I should say. You know, I eat well, sometimes too well. <laughs> yeah. But no, just going back to like what feeds yeah. us now. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's so important, um, you know, for us to kind of evaluate those things. Um, you know, there's a, there's an illustration that I used to, for about 12 years, I taught uh, U.S. history. And um, there's an illustration I used to use when I talked about the Civil War period of time as far as politics go. And that was an illustration of a rubber, uh, rubber band. And, um, you know, just the different divides that, that our nation was in. I would show to the kids a rubber band and then I'd be going to stretch it mm-hmm. and I'd stretch it even more right. and a little bit more, you know, where the Congress at that time was in, um, they actually didn't know how to, how to form compromises. So it kept the rubber band stretching more, Yeah, but that's an illustration also for our own lives when we're not careful and the tension gets stronger. Mm. And you know, the thing with even that rubber band illustration, I think when we talk about burnout this is something to have in mind as well is you know you can reach in for a rubber band out of a bag and you're going to pull out different sizes yeah and some are some are smaller they can't yeah. stretch very far yeah, it's so good. others are bigger rubber bands that you know when you stretch them it's like wow look how far they're expanding right and one thing one important thing for us to keep in mind as we kind of you know dive into this topic of burnout is that we don't compare our lives and what we do with other people's lives right. and yeah. the capability that that other person or other individuals have. Some people have a huge, you know, capacity size to do multiple things, multitask so much, have a lot, a lot of things going on, and they don't experience a burnout. I mean, in some cases, they may thrive more or right. you know whatever. Sure. Other people, the capacity size might be a little bit smaller. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's to keep that in mind, even as we talk about this tension of, of life and just serving God, doing life, and how those things of life can stretch us. Yeah. And sometimes we feel like maybe we should be able to handle more because so-and-so does. Sure. But the reality is, is there's a certain capacity size that we all have. The other end of that illustration, <clears throat> Mike, I think you'll enjoy this with sports cards, <laughs> There's a there, there's a shop that I stopped to pick up some sports cards with, and I just needed a rubber band. I wasn't going to put them in a Band-Aid. <laughs> this lady went through about three rubber bands as she just began to stretch them. They were so dry oh, that they just snapped. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, just as I was kind of thinking about, you know, this topic of burnout, I thought, you know, with that rubber band illustration, yeah, that adds another layer. So when we're dry, spiritually dry, yeah. um, our capacity size all of a sudden shrinks. Yeah. And the elasticity of that rubber band illustration for our lives snaps quicker. Yeah, We're unable to handle some of the stuff that maybe even 
other times we've been able to handle in different seasons of life. And so that's also something else to kind of monitor and kind of think about in our lives when we talk about burnout. But, um, you know, which, you know, in thinking of, in talking about that Mm -hmm. is I think first and foremost, as Christian guys, Christ followers, it all starts with our relationship with God. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And if that's not there, um, burnout is soon to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Definitely. Because we're trying to handle everything in our own terms, in our own ways. I actually love a illustration John Ortberg gives. Um, he actually says, you know, think about it as a motorboat, a raft, or a sailboat. A motorboat is where we're controlling the speed and we think we can do things at our own speed, make our own turns, go as fast as we want, mm-hmm. and get to the places that, that we want to get to. Mm-hmm. He goes, the raft is where we misuse God's grace, and we just lay on that raft. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, God, yeah. you're going to take me here. If this is going to happen in my life, then I'm just going to float along, and you're going <laughs> to float me to that spot. Yeah. You know. And then he gives another illustration. He goes, where our lives should be much more like a sailboat. That a sailboat, we're called to a responsibility. we got to put those sails up. But we also have to be sensitive to know where the wind is blowing mm-hmm. to take us. Yeah. And, you know, the wind blowing is what God's doing and our responsibility and what we do is get those sails up (laughs) and catch the wind of where God's taken us. For sure. And, uh, you know, I think that's so important when we look at life, we look at ministry, we look at our jobs, we look at our families, all of those types of things is first and foremost, we got to get those sails up and say, God, where are you steering my ship first Mm -hmm. as an individual and then my family? Yeah. And if yeah. that's not there, everything else is going to start to crumble, you yeah. know, pretty quick. So, um, sure. yeah. So what do you say to someone who, you know, just comes and s- saying, I'm just completely burnt. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just, I'm burnt out. I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I, I just don't want to be involved. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just done. Yeah. Well, first thing I ask them, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, it depends on the context. I mean, if it's a believer, <laughs> sure. right. I'm going to yeah. head that route first. Right. Yeah. I'm going to ask them, you know, what does your Bible reading look yeah. like? Yeah. What does your prayer time look like? Mm-hmm. I probably already know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. probably going to be zip, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, if it's an unbeliever, you know, you, you start to, you know, look through some other things, but, um, you know, things that I would look at second, third with a, you know, with a Christ follower. Um, but even, even, even an unbeliever, it's to think about where their emptiness is. Sure. And most likely in an unbeliever situation, they're burned out because they're, they're striving mm-hmm. to fill the holes of their heart yeah. on the identity of either, some type of success, their family should be mirrored like somebody else's family, you know, whatever that is. So that's usually the case for a person that's, you know, not a Christ follower. That's most likely what's happening. But for a believer, I start with their, with their spiritual walk and, um, you know, and then to begin to look at priorities Mm. and, uh, you know, I just know personally in my own life, which I think you guys kind of know even my story back when our second child was born, um, I kind of hit a wall, mm-hmm. you know, um, my, my wife and I were really good when we first got married. Um, we had decided I would finish off seminary and everything. And, uh, before we had our first child, 
because I just knew the workload would be a lot. Right. I was also uh, first couple of years of teaching as well. So lesson planning and all that stuff would be a lot. Um, so we kind of had some things set up and scheduled, you know, to <laughs> kind of help balance that and, you know, make sure that, you know, as, you know, two individuals newly married, we would enjoy each other, even though we also had other things that were going on. And, Definitely. and so finished off seminary. Our first child was born um, my last semester of, of seminary that ended up being two full years of school. So that was kind of starting to settle in. Um, we also volunteered as, as, uh, youth leaders at our, at our, uh, other campus. And, and so, uh, that was, you know, that was another thing that was added, Yeah, you know, and, but what I really found in my life was a lot of all that stuff was going on as busyness. And I was around the Bible and around all the spiritual stuff but the scriptures weren't filling me and yeah. keeping me, you know, with that elasticity. That's why yeah, I gave yeah. that example of a rubber band dry. Yeah. My rubber band wasn't as dry as the lady that was pulling out the rubber bands at the sports <laughs> card shop that they were snapping. Yeah. But they were, they were dry and they were stretched to the point where I wasn't, I wasn't staying alert to right. yeah. how much stretching and how dry it was. Sure. Yeah. There actually came a weekend that I remember our campus pastor there at the time had asked me to do some transitions on Sundays. And uh, I just remember it's like a Saturday night and I go to some like Christian magazine to find a couple of catchy lines to kind of share out of the transition of worship and the Holy Spirit hit me of like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I thought I'm just doing what I need to do to get by. And it was like the Holy Spirit just impressed upon me. That's not the way to do it. That's not that's not ministering out of an overflow. And right. that kind of just hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. And I just realized, wait a second, this is this is spiraling out of control in some ways. I'm I'm doing all this stuff, but the nourishment of my soul isn't there. Yeah. As well as some other things physically. I mean, it was probably the heaviest I ever was in my life at that time probably eating some crappy food, not exercising. And I kind of knew that all in the back of my head, you know, having played sports and, you know, that was a big part of my life. Right. I knew where I was way out of shape and that bothered me. So that's weighing on me, all of this other stuff. And I just realized I, you know, I talked with my wife and I said, Hey, there's some, there's some changes that we have to make. And I think there's some things I just got to step back from. And, um, in stepping back, I really didn't realize how toasted I was <laughs> to when all the doors opened for me to step back. Mm-hmm. It was like, now I don't want to do anything with any of this stuff, right. including yeah. the Bible itself. Mm. It actually, you know, I, you know, I've shared with you guys it, it, it felt like a textbook. Right. Yeah. And for a good year and a half, I saw things sitting on my shelf and it was just like, I don't even want to open the thing. Because writing papers off of it, putting messages together, you know, trying to even use it to, you know, curriculum wise Mm -hmm. within a Christian school. It's just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And, um, but I knew I needed to. Right. And uh, there was, this is actually a book I'd highly recommend is uh, Wayne Cordero has a book called uh, Leading on Empty Mm -hmm. that our campus pastor at the time had given me to read, kind of knowing what I was going through. And if you want to do a self-diagnosis of if you think you're in burnout or not, he's got a couple of good chapters. I mean, when I read that, I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is me. 
this was me (laughs) two years ago this was me like three years ago and it's like well these are all like dashboard dashboard indicators going off that had i been aware of this maybe some of this would have been headed off and he mentions in his book about um another book that he wrote called divine mentor which is really just getting into the scripture and delighting Mm -hmm. in it and uh where i was at you know i knew it had been too long for me not to be in the scriptures and uh we actually had a seminary professor come and uh just do a uh, session with our staff at the school and he shared about a similar situation just being burned out and uh afterwards i went up i just asked for prayer from him and kind of shared where my story was at and he gave some some encouraging words and i said yeah i know i really need to be back in the scriptures but like what you shared here today it's just like it is just so so heavy yeah and um i came across divine mentor started reading that and the soap method for scripture observation application prayer it just kind of clicked with my personality but the biggest thing with being a type A personality that was freeing was he said, you know, when you have a Bible reading plan, yes, you miss a day or two. Don't try to make it all up into one day. Mm. Skip over it. Mm. You know, just yeah. pick up where, where 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 you need to next. And he said, and there might be times where you have extra time that you want to go back, but don't even feel pressure to do that. And I right. remember the first year and a half using this type of method that I didn't go back. Mm-hmm. I didn't go back and read any of those passages because prior to it, all my Bible reading was, yep, check that off, check that sure. off. No reflection, no writing, exactly. Yeah. And the, the, most of the time, I got burned out on that because you miss some days, and then I'm trying to read seven days in one, and yeah, it's like, okay. it just ain't happening. <laughs> nope. Yeah. After a couple of years, though, I found myself on days that I missed, on weekends and vacations, I'd want to go back to it, but for different reasons. Mm. It was for the reason of, Lord, I'm missing something that you wanted to speak to me about, mm. and I want to go back and get that. And really what happened is after about a year and a half or so of getting back into the scriptures with that and just taking some time to reflect and journal, my daughter's sleep schedule really helped build a habit for this because, you know, she, she was, I think, like two going on three and needed somebody to lay with her for about 45 minutes before going to sleep. And so there I am on my iPad. We would actually listen to the Bible together. Yeah. And then she's kind of dozing off or whatever. And I dim it and I've got pages pulled up and I'm typing out and reflecting and, and, and all this stuff. And at the school, we decided to add a, a second chapel service that was going to be entirely worship based. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, you know, it's led by high schoolers. So you kind of needed somebody to navigate the seeing of it. And it kind of, by default landed on me and I'm sure. thinking, this is the very reason I put a lot of other stuff on hold is yeah. like, you know, and I just remember in the first you know week or two of us doing this, you know, the Lord just laid on my heart something to share corporately with the kids mm-hmm. that he had shared with me like two or three weeks before my personal reading time. And it just, it just, it just bubbled up and, you know, my nerd personality, I've got everything filed in a, in a cloud. So I've got like New Testament, Old Testament, all the books of the Bible. And then they're all like put in order there along with a table of contents so I can reference them yeah. at any moment. And actually now I'm glad I did that because my kids have access to those. And I, I tell them, Hey, you know, you can open up any of those files and read what daddy thinks, you know, is reflected on in this yeah. passage of scripture and, and whatnot. But I remember sharing something and then standing in the back of the auditorium and it's like the Holy Spirit said, 
that's what it means to minister out of an overflow, mm. unlike mm. two years ago. Amen. And I thought, wow, that is different. Yeah. And um, and that also changes our our you know outlook on what we're doing because our our soul is being watered by the spirit of God and his word and it keeps us sensitive and it keeps us, you know, soft and, uh, toward the things of the Lord that, you know, there are hardships and there's difficulties. And really, I think, you know, and I want to be careful in saying this, but I really don't think we should experience burnout if we're sensitive to these things. I think things can be very difficult. Yeah. And the reason I say that is like, I mean, you look at the apostle Paul, and he's sitting in dungeons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not complaining about burnout. No. Yeah. You know, right. but he's extremely sensitive. Now, he's got hardships. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, there's there's no bones about that. And there's there's challenges there. But it's, it, it's that vibrant relationship with God, knowing that what we're doing points to his glory and honor, no matter how bad the situation may be, no matter what the circumstances are. But the only way we can keep that outlook is if our spirits are revived in his presence and in his word, Amen. we're staying reflective on that. And even as we read the word reflective in that way, that causes a lot of other things to allow the Holy Spirit to prick upon our hearts and our lives to say, whoa, this needs to be adjusted. Yeah, I need to consider this. I need some prayer from some, some others on this. I need some wisdom and counsel in this area. Rather than, hey, we're just... We're, we're just driving the car of our life, not paying attention to yeah. any, anything on the dashboard, yeah. you know, including the fuel, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're going to find ourselves over on the side of the road. And so, uh, that's, that's first and foremost and everything else then comes out of that. Um, yeah. you know, different priorities. I, I would say in talking about burnout, I do think you have to look at the natural as well. I think you have to look at the foods we eat, you know, the exercise that either we have or we don't have. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, uh, as an athlete, this was always a challenge for me because I misplaced athletics in a time in my life. Um, so a lot of my working out used to be, <laughs> I want to be better or I want to stick it to the team that we just lost. Right. And that's the wrong way to approach it yeah. as a believer. But the way I approach it today is, Lord, I want to take care of the body that you've given me sure. in order to to have that capacity to do more. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm not eating right, and if I'm not exercising, then the energy levels aren't going to be there Mm -hmm. or the garbage I'm putting into my body is just going to tire me out that I can't do some of these other things. And that totally revolutionizes that because then it's not about ourselves. Cause I mean, we can also look to work out to say, Hey, I want that six pack, you know, (laughs) and I want to look at like, you know, look like that guy on that, on that cover. And you know, that's all about ourselves at the end of the day. You know, that's, you know, that's not about anything else than that, yeah. you know, self-glorification. And so it's, right. it, it's that spiritual. And I do think some of those very, you know, very practical things with our bodies. And then, you know, um, you know, if a person's married and they have kids, they've, they've got to consider where things are with their family. Right. Yeah. And uh, because, you know, that's our first and foremost, the ministry that God's Definitely. given us is our family. And if the time isn't there with them, well, that's going to that's gonna become a burden, yeah. And that's going to, you know, weigh heavy on us. Mm-hmm. And then the other important thing is, you know, maintaining that relaxation and rest. You know, God, you know, God modeled that for us, right. you know, in the, in the very beginning of the Bible. 
ultimately our souls find rest in Christ. Yeah. But practically, we need that rest. And when I mean rest, I also mean the things that rejuvenate us. Yeah. Um, you know, for myself, when I was younger, yeah, sports could rejuvenate. As I got older, yeah, there was, there was at times, you know, sports could rejuvenate. But I also realized the season in my life. Playing softball with a bunch of guys wasn't as relaxing as, you know, having to get to certain games, having to deal with traffic, having to deal with, like, you know, other teams or even teammates was like, okay, this is kind of added stress. And you have to realize, okay, you got to kind of pull back on this because this isn't what was relaxing is now becoming a burden. And, again, it's being sensitive to that rubber band. Mm. Um, Right now, the season that I'm at in in life, um, my uh, my two oldest kids and myself, I mean – we're actually having a fun time diving into sports cards. And uh, while I enjoy it, there are moments and there are times, and this has happened uh, in the past couple of, couple of months, where we're into it too much sure. to where it's not enjoyable. And when I realize that, I pull back on it. Right. Yeah. And I realize, hey, this, this is meant to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to flip cards. We're trying to make sets. We're trying to find, you know, you know, guys that we really like and we want to collect more of. But when that starts to dominate in a way that, you know, doesn't add or refuel your tank, Mm -hmm. it's time to stop. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it is something my older kids and myself, it it is time where we enjoy together. Yeah. You know, they enjoy it just as much as I do. But when one of us it's not the enjoyable thing. We realize, okay, wait a second. We kind of back, mm-hmm. got to back up a little bit. Or even, uh, you know, I noticed this uh, a, a few weeks back is like the kids were eager to jump into some things, and so was I. Mm-hmm. Then I found a few days we kind of ended up putting some family devotional stuff on the back end. And I'm like, wait a second, you know, yeah. got to reprioritize this. As yeah. eager as they are. Mm-hmm. I'm still the parent here. Yeah. <laughs> I need to lead the way. Definitely. Yeah. And so we kind of, you know, reset that. And, uh, you know, we always have to be looking to reset those things in our lives to make sure the priorities are in order. And when the priorities are in order, I think the rest begins to naturally flow. And, um, you know, just practically speaking, um, you know, there's a, there's a book, and I can't remember the name of it. I think Dale Burke was the person who wrote it. I think... Less is more leadership is maybe what it was. He was a pastor out of a church in California, and uh, he he would organize his day off of or his days off of four R's: um, rest, um, respo- uh, results, response, and refocus. Hmm. Rest is thinking about those things I just talked about. Um, response, he would say. You know, he would usually leave the response stuff to the back half of his day. It's usually like emails, phone calls, you know, things that you're responding to other people or other requests or whatever. He said results, he would look to think about these are the things that I've got to do to cause, you know, to make something happen. Mm. Now, for him, he was a senior pastor of a church, so messages had to be prepared. He carved out certain periods in his week and days. Those are results-oriented Maybe it was like also helping, you know, forming some teams with stuff or, you know, an elders type meeting, something along those lines. These are these are priorities that he's he's going to need. And then refocus is giving some time. And I think this is probably the challenge for a lot of people that find themselves in burnout is you don't refocus. You don't evaluate. You don't think about what changes and tweaks do I need to make? 
we just keep going with what's already been established. Yeah. And uh, it's the retweaking and that time that is really needed to realize, whoa, wait a second, I'm allowing the responses to take priority in my life rather than some of the results. Yeah. That was his take, which, you know, can be helpful. Uh, there's a guy that uh, helped lead some things with Disney and some of their training, um, which I really appreciate. And I use this, you know, personally in personal things in life as well as um, ministry stuff is uh, he puts in his lists together as um, urgent, vital, important, and little value. Mm. Mm. The urgent are the things that are going to need to be done like today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's something that's got to get started today because down the road, if it doesn't start today, we're going to be running out of time. Yeah, right. And so he said, you know, within a day, there, there shouldn't be more than a couple of things like that. Yeah. Um, vital are, these are important things. These are things that have got to take place. Um, maybe it's a, it, it, it's, it's a regular daily thing. Maybe it's a weekly thing. You know, myself personally, these are the, the important things are some things like exercise and, um, you know, the spiritual disciplines that are, that are, that are needed. These are things that are going to, you know, be chipping away, you know, sure. a little bit here, a little bit there each day. Um, so urgent, vital, and important. Important are things that, you know, it, it, it might be a week or two out. Okay. Now those things may eventually, as you evaluate from day to day, they may climb that list. But they're important because you know that they're on a radar and they've got to be taken care of at some point, mm-hmm. you know. So New Year rolls around, you're in February, mm. taxes probably end up on there, you know. <laughs> you get closer to April, that's not staying on important. That's got to get up to like vital and I mean, yeah, yeah vital and hopefully it's taken care yeah. of there. Or otherwise you're looking two days out and now it's on the urgent list, right? Um, and then little value doesn't mean that there's not value in it, but he defined the little value as, is there other ways to get this done that might not include your effort? Mm. It could be somebody else. Um, it could be, you know, a group effort with something. It could be, you know, it, it, it's various ways to think about, you know, the job that you have, um, maybe even, you know, life at home, mm-hmm. you know, let's say, you know, um, you know, your stay at home dad or stay at home mom. And you're looking at different things around the house that want to be done, but you have kids. Yeah. Maybe the kids could help, yeah. you know, with some of those chores, you know, and, and it's valuable because, you know, dishes need to be done, clothes need to be washed, but it could be something where, where it allows somebody else to kind of grow in, in responsibility or whatnot. And so um, those are practically speaking in ways of thinking, you know, your day-to-day life, your job, um, even things at home, you know, to the to-do lists. Um you got it in front of you, but you got it prioritized in a way that you can manage manage that, which you know I think definitely helps um, prevent some of that burnout, you know, from taking place. So yeah, yeah, Jim. Honestly, that that's been really good. And as you've talked through so many things, I'm sitting here hearing things you've told me, hearing <laughs> yeah. things that I'm like, man. When you brought up the divine mentor, I was like, oh yeah. 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 (laughs) Let's, let's not, let's not go there again in my life, but no, honestly, that book is so foundational in so many ways. And, um, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've recommended it to guys 
you know, because it applies to a lot of things, uh, you know, just looking at God as your, you know, true mentor. But anyways, that's a topic for another time. Um, I wanted to pose this question to you though. What do you feel like man's view and our, like our view as men's view of steadfastness is compared to what God's view might be? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. I think sometimes steadfastness, maybe, I mean, this is my, my perception that we can sometimes make up in our heads is that we need to put this front on that we look strong and we got everything together Yeah, in front of somebody else. Yeah. Um, and that can be peers, that can be our spouse, that can be our kids. Um, you know, we just kind of just put on this front. And um, but the reality is, I mean, what steadfastness is, and in the context, I think in which it's used mo- for the most part in Scripture, is something of a perseverance. Mm-hmm. It's a something that God is building, you know, within us. Uh, Charles Spurgeon has has this quote: "Nobody ever outgrows the Scripture. The book widens and deepens." with our years. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and I mean, Ouch. that is that is the way steadfastness, perseverance is built in our lives. I mean, ultimately it comes down to sanctification. Yeah. Right. And like right. what we were just talking about with with burnout is um I mean, you can actually allow that to grow your sanctification if you're aware of it. Sure. You know, yeah. you, you don't have to get depressed over it. You don't right. have to throw right. your hands up and it's like we're done with but it's something that we actually build off of. Hebrews 12, uh, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, for uh, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, mm. is what allows us to pursue biblical steadfastness and perseverance. Yeah. Um, no matter what we face. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we gotta we gotta let the Holy Spirit work in our lives to allow that to be perfected within us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh. You know, and you know, just just one other thought that I have, you know, both with the steadfastness as well as. Um, you know, just this topic of burnout is uh, um, Wayne Cordero in his book on Leading on Empty, which, by the way, um, Dave Kraft has a book called Leaders Who Last. Mm. Um, it is a ministry book, but there are sections within it as well that I think apply to any area of life sure. that's got some great resource. If you if you want to be reflective on like, where, where is my life at? Where is it going? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where, where is the source of strength and energy that I have, you know, that's motivating me. Um, and, uh, you know, another excellent resource, but, uh, Wayne Cordero, uh, in his book, leading on empty has this illustration. And I kind of wrap this up with, uh, he, he, you know, he's from Hawaii. So the illustrations of surfing comes out (laughs) and he goes, you know, veteran surfers possess an uncanny sense of the ocean's currents and how waves behave. Their intuition tells them which ones to catch and which ones to let pass. They seem to discern which waves will carry them in and which waves uh, will do them in. But one of the true marks of a veteran is not how he catches a wave, but whether he knows when and how to get off the wave. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important in our lives 
as guys with things that in our families, activities, ministry, jobs, we can get really excited about some things. And some of those things are good and you ride that wave, but sometimes we can ride that wave way too long yeah. to where we crash and burn. Yeah. And I think part of the steadfastness and perseverance and sanctification that takes place in our lives is allowing the Holy Spirit to let us know, mm. hey, that wave was for a season, right, right. and here comes another wave. Yeah. And uh, are we going to trust him on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or are we going to cling to the old wave because, hey, this is big, this is fast, but you stay on it too long, mm-hmm. you're coming down hard. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's where our reliance needs to be on the Lord and the scriptures at work. So, yeah, Pastor Jim, it was awesome talking to you about this stuff. Um, you you know, it is a privilege just to be here to talk to you, to get your thoughts on this, a man of God, so much wisdom. Um, I, I just think the bottom line is when it comes to, you know, dealing with burnout or if you even want to call it burnout, like as long as you're being filled with, with, by God. It's, it comes down to, you know, what's sustaining us on a exactly. daily basis, I think. Yeah. And the only thing that can sustain us is God, what Christ did for us. And to be conscious of that daily, I Absolutely. think when, you know, in the, in the ways that you ex- explained with, you know, the studying of the word with, with being, you know, open to the Holy spirit with being com- in community with others, you know, the things that God has called us to do, you know, burnout doesn't exist, yeah. you know, when yeah. we're being motivated and filled up, you know, by God himself and, and, and when, when that is sustaining us truly and not anything else, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we just thank you for your time. Um, it was a privilege to, to get to talk to you. It's a pleasure guys. And yeah. So we just thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you for each and every one of you guys. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you at the next episode. Hey guys, so just want to let you know about the music that you heard on this episode. Before we end it, I wanted to take a quick second and thank Asher Sievnik and Dave Wilton from Loud Harp for letting us put their music on our podcast. Uh, I've been a big fan of that their band for years now. Um, they make some amazing worship music that really, as they say, focuses on the unending love and faithfulness of our, our amazing Father. You can find their music on every major streaming platform, but not a lot of bands let you use their stuff without asking for anything in return. So I more or less just wanted to get on here and personally say thank you to Asher and Dave for letting us use their amazing music to make our podcast sound any better and hopefully make it sound better. So I just wanted to say thank you guys and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode.